Welcome to the Resilient and Inspired Podcast with Liz Lockwood. We are all about getting out of the box and what to do after the light bulb moment. For more information about this episode or past episodes, visit www.lizlockwood.net. Let's dive into the show. Hello, everybody. I'm back with another new episode, and today I'm talking with my dad. You guys heard my mom last week, and uh, this week you're going to hear my dad. And I'm curious if you guys will be able to tell uh, where I got my personality from. <laughs> I'm a, uh, an interesting mix of both. Um, you're going to hear my dad talk about sales today. My dad is super passionate about sales. Um, he had like a whole outline printed out for this uh, podcast, which uh, he basically like teaches people all the time. Um, Dad's definitely given me the the sales process talk quite a bit. <laughs> I think you're going to hear his passion shine through um, in his words. And so basically... Um, I get the business side of me from my dad. So you're going to hear my dad and I both graduated from the same college with the same business degree in marketing. Um, My dad is a very interesting mix of, you're going to hear him a lot talk about like, I can't remember what word he used. He didn't use the word like authenticity, but my dad knows how to sell really well. Like I grew up watching him sell. It was never sleazy. It was always very genuine for him and it was always like relationship based. So I encourage you guys to kind of keep that lens as he's talking. So he goes a little bit into his history, but basically my dad worked for a couple insurance companies. He headed up um, sales training at a company, I think it was actually when my parents lived in Florida when my brother was born, so a little bit prior to me. And um, my dad kind of had this revelation of like, hey, um, I'm teaching people how to make money and I'm making less money than them. And as he says in his words, he's very, very motivated by money. So he wanted to make more. <laughs> so he basically made a huge career shift and a risky career shift, um, basically buying a business and um, yeah, going that route. So it was a bit, you know, maybe different than he originally thought he actually didn't talk about it I kind of wanted him to but he didn't go into it (laughs) maybe next time um but my dad always shared that he was really shy as a a kid and um his mom was always like oh the last person to be a salesperson would be Paul Paul's my dad's name um so it was really funny that that's what he ended up doing he also was president of Um, a local chamber of commerce and also a local, um, I don't know if they call it chapter, but I'm going to call it chapter of Rotary. So we had a lot of cool experiences growing up. I remember we went to, um, I almost said Ireland, but that's not where we went. Um, Scotland and London when I was in like sixth grade and we went for quite some time. I even missed like the end of school. And um, it was his, I think it was for Rotary, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it was because we did like an international Rotary thing. My brother actually did like an exchange program through Rotary. So he's just very involved, very um, passionate. And today he's really taking you through um, his sales process. So I believe there was four steps. Um, really like opening up the sales conversation. Um, He talks a lot about like finding your people's hot buttons, his favorite and the thing he always talked to me about, which is like probing, like asking open-ended or 
you know, basically like asking questions. And I really like how he framed, you're not asking questions just to ask them, you're asking them to get to know the person and what they want. And you know, what their interests are. And I think he always did a really good job of like not only selling to the person, but really serving them as a human being. So um, there's that. And then bringing in the benefit statement, of course, like how are you going to help your people? And my personal fave, I think, because I've talked to you guys about it a lot, and I think it's really helpful is like following up with people. So He's going into all of that. Of course, my dad did work in person with people, but I encourage you guys to think about how to utilize this in your online business because I think there's a lot that we can utilize. You know, he talks about like, um, you know, looking around someone's office and seeing what they're interested in. And I think we can do that on social media in so many ways, right? Whether you're on like a Zoom call and you actually see their office or whether you see them posting about something and you know that they're super jazzed about that, right? Like if you follow me, you probably know I love walking outside and that's something that I love to talk about. So if you brought that up, I'd be I'd be stoked. All right, you guys, so on to the show. Here is my dad. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to have my dad here. Most of you guys have probably heard me talk about my dad before, but this is going to be a fun conversation because he owned his business for years and has a lot of great tips. So welcome, Dad. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, I'm psyched to have you here. I got the idea last week to have my parents on the podcast, so I had my mom on last week, having my dad on this week, so um, you guys can meet both of them. <laughs> so I just wanted to start, Dad, why don't you just kind of talk to us about um, kind of how you came to own your own business, like just a little bit about your journey and how you came to own um, your business. Okay, thanks again, Liz. Yeah, how uh, it probably started, my dad owned his business, and then, you know, you go to college, I majored in marketing, there wasn't too many other things to major in, and mm-hmm. just fell into a sales type of position, and uh, fortunate enough to meet some people at Cigna and fell into uh, group employee benefits insurance sales. Oh, that's cool. So you kind of got started there with like your sales journey and then you you switched around a little bit, right? Yeah, well, at first I was selling uh, Norelco dictation equipment and I met the folks at Cigna and then um, I I said back in the day I wanted to make, I think it was $100,000, something like that, and uh, I was getting the raises at Cigna in the home office. That didn't quite add up, so I became a broker shortly thereafter. Oh, cool. Yeah, I always thought that was cool how you were able to kind of figure out what you wanted and then work backwards to, like, make that happen. Yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, for me it was fortunate. I was highly motivated to make money. Mm-hmm. So I saw getting into the uh, sales world, I could kind of eat what I killed, they used to call it. So if you <laughs> sold a lot, you would, you know, make a, make enough money to bring home the groceries. <laughs> That's an interesting phrase. Yeah. <laughs> So then you and mom um, transitioned to owning your own insurance agency in like 93? Yeah, I started at a small agency in Avon, Connecticut in uh, 1993 and mom did as well. We had our own little profit center there. 
Cool. And it was scary at first. Uh, it was risky, like many of you in the audience, owning your own business. It, mm. It's uh, The risk factor um, has a play in things. I could have gone to work for uh, larger agencies and not coasted, but things would have been a little easier. Yeah. This basically, you know, you had to work harder, but I didn't mind that. In fact, I embraced that. Oh, that's cool, Dad. Yeah, you definitely... Definitely did. I remember lots of early mornings and late evenings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, when I had mom on the podcast last week, and I think I mentioned the, you this before, but you really embraced marketing too. Like, you know, we were, mom and I were joking about how you would hand out rulers and the sports lines and like put flyers under windshield wipers and that sort of thing. So I don't think that I don't know if it really came naturally to you, but you really kind of embraced that marketing and then that that sales role. Yeah. Yeah, and again, not that the college classes helped you a whole lot, but I realized mm -hmm. everyone has a brand. The brand is you mm -hmm. and what are you, who are you? Because when you think about what are you selling, the first thing that you're selling is yourself. Yeah. So folks have to like you you have to be liked for the your clients your prospects to buy from you so we i focus on that marketing end of things liz and, and branding and like you said so when i called on a prospect maybe i'd i'd drop off a ruler with the name of the agency on it my name on it the phone number the website and so forth uh the pen uh, we had a lot of different <laughs> handouts we had things for dentists where the stress sticks and stress balls and things but we would like to keep our name in front of our clients so they renewed with us year in and year out and in mm -hmm. front of our prospects. I like that. Yeah, that's really important when you're working online too because it's so busy online. I mean, it's busy in person with business too. So I think that's cool how you were able to do that and stay visible to your people. Um, but I really wanted to talk to you about the sales process. So when I, so I actually went to the same college as my dad. Actually, I think we both majored in marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have the same major from the same college, which is kind of cool. Um, but when I was going through college and even after when I was selling insurance, and even now when I own my own business, you're really good at um, t talking about sales and the sales process. And specifically, my favorite, which I'm sure we'll get to, which is like the, the open probes, which my dad, I think, does a really good job talking about. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of like your sales process and if you have any tips for the people. Sure. I, I have a ton of tips and I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy to talk to your audience because I think they're very practical and, and I know they will work, though some of them will work for you. The hardest thing I'd, I'd like to start with is it's a little like a golf swing or a little uh, changing anything for many people is difficult. Mm -hmm. So changing your golf swing or how you approach a client or a situation, mm -hmm. you kind of have your own little comfort zone, your own little box. And today I'd like to encourage you, some of that is working and some of it may not be working. So you really need to take a step back. And the way to do that is videotape yourself. Oh, yeah. Take out your smartphone, put it down. You can just role play yourself that you're talking on the phone or somebody on the computer or in person. And uh, just just roll the camera, so to speak, and uh, have some fun with it. Go through the sales process. And I call that a benchmark, your first one, if you will, that you're taping. 
and then compare it maybe to, uh, to uh, something after you listen to this podcast. Yeah, I like that idea. I remember when we used to do that. <laughs> it's a little awkward, but super helpful. Yeah, it is a little awkward, especially if someone is there. But, you know, some of the highest paid people in the world are the baseball players, and they mm-hmm. have spring training. They get out and practice before every game, loosen up and so forth. What are you doing to practice? Mm-hmm. If you're not doing much, then you really have to take your professionalism to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that sales process really is starting ahead of time and writing things down. Many of us just talk to clients on phone on the telephone. So even before you pick up the phone, because knee jerk reactions, oh let me let me give you know Joe a call. But you really want to write down what's your objective, what are the couple things that you want to cover, and and how do you want to close the telephone call itself. So be professional and take some notes. Even if you're talking to someone in person, you should have an outline in front of you. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to someone on Skype or whatever, you should have bullet points in front of you and um, things like that. Yeah, I always think that's important too. You know, I always talk about with my people, like there's Facebook Lives, like you go on video, and I'm not shy about sharing that I have notes in front of me because, you know, we're human (laughs) and notes are a good thing. So those can be very helpful, whether it's on a video or a call, you know, just to keep yourself, heck, I have notes in front of me during the podcast all the time, just to keep yourself like organized and know what you're going to say next. So in the sales cycle, the first thing, what do you do? Even if you're going to a party or something, you say, hi, Mary Lou, how are you doing? You know, it's, it's the greeting. So you, before you greet someone, you really want to have someone, something in mind, a line in mind so you can, you know, talk to that person. And you keep talking to them about, daily things until they show an interest to move along in the sales cycle. Mm -hmm. Like kind of um, like casual, like conversational openers, like like the weather or something like that. Right, exactly. And what you're trying to achieve is just, you're trying to be liked. And that doesn't, sometimes that doesn't sound that sincere, but you really need to be sincere about this. Mm Mm-hmm. So if it's in person, you're on Skype or something, they can see you. Everything counts. Your voice, your volume, your tone, your pitch, what you're wearing, um, maybe your little tics. And some of this will come through on the videotape of yourself that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. So once you're going through the opening and so forth, I always like to say, "How, how is your day going? Or relate to them. Wow, what a nice office. Or if there's mm-hmm. a photograph there or something related to where was that photo taken? Everyone has a couple of hot buttons. Mm-hmm. It may be their family. It, yeah. it may, in fact, be their job. It may be their pet. It may <laughs> be their hobby. You want to Google this person and the company and find out what they're all about. Mm-hmm. You do your homework before the actual sales call. So if you Google me, you're going to see I like cycling. (laughs) So if you come in, you probably want to ask me about, you know, biking and, you know, and and things of that nature that I am interested in. Mm -hmm. Then I will open up to the salesperson. Okay. But too many salespeople come in and they try to just throw their pitch at you. Yeah, like right away. 
Yes, mm -hmm. they're not identifying your one or two hot buttons. Okay. Which really comes to the next step. After the opening, as Lizzie already, already suggested, <laughs> I enjoy probing. Mm -hmm. Because if you probe, people are going to enjoy and appreciate you. And you're going to enjoy the other person because you're going to find out a, a lot about them. Yeah. So when you're calling on anyone and you ask them how, how is it going and so forth, Whatever product you're selling, we were selling employee benefits again. So I would simply ask the employer in an open probe, I know a little something about your employee benefit package. Maybe we briefly discussed it before. But can you tell me, Liz, in more detail about your employee benefit package? So they'll go on. They'll talk about their medical insurance, dental, disability, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I'll encourage them. That sounds interesting. Can you tell me more? When they leave things out, I can come back after the various open probes and ask a closed-end probe. Okay. What percent of the cost does your employee do your employees contribute towards the program? Okay. What's your renewal date? So the open would be like more of an open-ended question, whereas the close is like a specific answer. Exactly. Okay. And you always want to start with an open-ended probe, as okay. many as you can. You gauge the whole conversation based on your prospects or clients' interest. You can tell if someone's interested by their eye contact and, and if they ask questions. And this is what you're doing in the sales cycle. You're not showing them your brand new folder with all the pretty colors <laughs> and everything. They don't care about that. Uh -huh. So you shouldn't care about that. You care about identifying their couple of hot buttons. Okay. And when it comes to hot buttons, too many of us jump to the conclusion it's price. Yeah. So they're interested in the price. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. There are many people out there that can afford a lot of nice things. They may want, you know, the 10, 15, 20% off or something. And that's totally up, up to, <laughs> you know, you how things are priced. But reality is they may simply be interested in delivery date. Yeah. They need it yesterday. They may be interested in the color or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's our job to find that out. And then you confirm it. So when you're in front of a prospect, you say, mm -hmm. Liz, so if I can deliver this package by the end of the month, mm -hmm. will that be acceptable to you and to the other decision makers? Because what comes into play here is the person that you're talking to may or may not be the only decision maker. Yeah. Other folks may be involved. And you want to make sure you're covering their hot or identifying their hot buttons as well. Yeah, that actually happens a lot on the calls with, um, usually I'm talking to women, so like with them talking to their husband. So they might not have a hot button, but maybe their partner does. Sure. So I think that's really important. I actually always offer to get on the call with them and their husband if he has a question or that sort of thing. And I think that's a really good point. Yep. You know, there may be other people involved in this process, and it's important to identify that and and answer their questions as well. Yeah, that, 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 that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. So after you identify their hot button, somewhere in there you're giving them a benefit statement where you're telling them, hi, you know, in my case, again, my name's Paul Mickelson, and it sounds funny, I'm here to help with your benefit package, but, you know, I would say I'm president of the company and we have different ideas on 
saving you money and so forth with your employee benefit package. Mm-hmm. So you're hitting the benefit of them saving money. Yep. Yep. And I kind of concluded that, but again, that may not be the case. Yeah. So when they identify their couple hot buttons, you're you're using your open probes and the closed end probes, and then you're going through your presentation a little bit about your product. Mm-hmm. If it's the initial phone call you're just, or you know visit, you're just getting the information, going back to your office and putting the presentation together, obviously, and then coming back another time for the presentation. Gotcha. But during the presentation, the key is to keep the client involved. Liz, what do you think of that? Liz, do you think that's okay with Joe, your partner? And then they may look concerned. So <laughs> you want to overcome and identify any and all objections so you keep them involved again by saying, you know, What do you think? Do you have any concerns? You look a little quizzical. Can I ask you, you know, why? Yeah. And so you're drawing them out. Okay. Will they make the recommendation to their partner to purchase the package? Mm -hmm. And then what what do most people say? Well, let me think about it. Yeah. You know, we'll think about it a little (laughs) bit. We're busy with this. We're busy with that. You know, we've all heard every excuse in the book. It's this season. It's that season. It's it's never ending. Yeah. So you simply want to say... Terrific. Do you have any other questions? And when should I follow up? Mm -hmm. Don't assume you should call them in two days or two weeks or two months. Ask. Use their name. People love to hear their name. If you learn anything else today, use their name. (laughs) Liz, sincerely use their name. And look them in the eye. Liz, um, when should I reach back? And most people are going to say what? In a couple of weeks, right? Something like that. So calendar it, calendar it. So when you call them back two weeks from Thursday, you're going to call back and say, Liz, we had a great meeting a few weeks ago and you suggested I call you back in two weeks. Uh, I'm doing that now. Mm -hmm. How how does it look? Mm -hmm. Again, the open probe. Yeah. The open probe. Don't assume anything. And, And, you know, always close, trial close. Go for the order. Don't ever walk out the door saying, fantastic, great, have a nice day, you know, have some chutzpah, you, you really, no guts, no glory, so to speak, you really have to ask for the order. And so you're actually asking like, okay, do you, do you want this? Yeah, in, in a professional, business-like <laughs> way, yeah. what package would do you feel more comfortable with? Package one, two, or three? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what color do you enjoy? So you're kind of using trial closes throughout the presentation. Okay. You're warming them up and getting them ready for, for your clothes. After all, they're talking to you. They're interested in the product or service. Okay. Um, you know, and somebody needs to put it to bed sooner rather than later yeah i think that's important i know for me i used to just ask oh do you have any questions and then i kind of get off the call and i never really close the call so i think it's very very important to look at how you're closing the call and like you said have it be something that's professional but also like genuine to you it doesn't sound like someone else is saying it or whatever so to wrap it up i've had so many salespeople calling me over the years (laughs) generally they may not use the opening properly they may not use my name they're jumping to a conclusion Mm -hmm. and they're not identifying my hot buttons Mm -hmm. many times i have one or two hot buttons okay you know i want this car with such and such those are my hot buttons if they can get it to me in a month's time fine i'll buy it okay and many times they walk out the door without closing paul have, have a great day 
and you know and sometimes you'll hear back from them sometimes you won't but you really really professionally need to go for that order mm -hmm. in a very upbeat fashion you want to make their day yeah when you're talking to someone you really want to be the highlight of their day i like that yeah well, that's awesome, Dad. This is a really good process, and I think um, the steps that you hit on are really, really helpful and can be ones that you not only go through once, but I can see why you said, like, videotape it so you watch yourself improve and then, you know, maybe where do you want to improve differently. So yes, I can see why you call it, like, a cycle to yes. keep going over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. If you had, like, I know that you said, I liked when you said if you learned one thing from the podcast, you know, use people's names. But if you had one other thing that maybe people just, like, a tip for people to walk away with or. One, t another tip might be, it, it's not mimicking, but if you call on someone and they're a boisterous person, you, you don't want to be timid. You want to lift your voice a little bit. Okay. If it's they're like conservative, near. you're a little conservative. If if they're, you know, outgoing, you want, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a term. To mirror their body language, to mirror their speech, just a little bit again. You don't want to be phony. And not that <laughs> we're actresses and actors, but you, you want to be likable. You want them to be able to relate to you. So they're going to make a recommendation that they buy your service. I love that. That's a good tip, Dad. Well, thanks for coming on. This was so much fun. All right, y'all. Don't forget to join us in the Resilient and Inspired Entrepreneur Facebook group so you can let me know what you thought about today's conversation. I'm also over on the gram at Liz underscore Lockwood. I'm going to be on the gram more, I think. You know, it's something that I haven't focused on a lot in my business, but I'm feeling a little tug. So uh, definitely let me know what you thought of today's episode, and I can't wait to see you over there. Thank you.